My apologies, gentlemen. Thank you for your patience. Gio, I thought a guy like you would be a, a lot busier than you are to be like, yeah, sure, I'll be, I'm fine then too. Well, I blew you off the last two weeks, so I had to get you in on this one. Uh, yeah, Mr. Purple Eagle over there. Yeah. I'm not liking this. They never checked with us on this. I uh, know. I told them that. They said they'll make sure in the future that they'll keep you in mind. They'll keep us abreast of any Brian Gianza uh, <laughs> uh, availabilities. Do we have to go through Niagara Purple Eagles now to, to, to request you to come on the show? Or Yeah, the PR, already the PR firm will be in uh, touch with you. How is it going? Uh, going good. Go Congrats, by the way. We couldn't say anything officially before. Yeah. But I'm no, glad that uh, they made the announcement and everything. And congrats on, on that, man. Yeah, it's good. It's uh for me, it 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 keeps me involved and uh allows me to help out uh some of the kids there, even the coaches, right? Like I'm learning stuff from them and I'm sure I'm I'm hoping at some point they learn something from me, and I think it's just mutually beneficial in the sense that we both uh, get something out of it. It's fun to do. It's easy to do. It doesn't uh, cut into my retired life too much. Well, I have to imagine that in all your time there, what are you there once a week, twice a week? Yeah, once yeah. a week. That there is an ATW hat wheeling around uh, I, the arena. Are they aware of your representation? of them on our show uh yeah i don't know if there is i gotta wear this sweatshirt i wore it the other the other week on a road trip and got plenty of high praise for it so a lot of people are wanting those exceptionally wells i got an exceptionally well from craig on the phone this morning while i was yeah while i was stuck in traffic (laughs) you know it's pretty cool uh about that that merchandise stuff is there's been a lot of people that uh that uh, email the after the whistle uh email account and a lot of people are asking about where can i get the hats where can i get these hoodies you know like they're asking uh they're asking for it so um you know hopefully in due time yeah it's a a great logo right i mean it's it's uh it's fun and uh you know there's a lot of people that uh that that want the I'll let the listeners know that even guys that are on the show once a week can't get their hands on a hat. There's one. I I got sent a hoodie from another part-time guest on the show. That's the only reason. So just so the listeners know, even guys that are on the show, we can't get. We had our own regular guest make apparel before we did. (laughs) You know, what's interesting too, is I, I went and, uh, I went and got some, uh, some, you know, some hoodies made a couple t-shirts. I got a bunch of hats and I ended up showing Andrew and, uh, the funny, the best thing about this is, you know, Andrew and I talk, no joke, um, multiple, multiple times a day. We do this show every morning. We obviously prep uh, a little bit before the show. We do the show and we talk after the show. And I talked to him a few times, uh, later on in the day, but I don't see him. I just see him on FaceTime or Zoom, and it, we never see each other like basically live. Like we very I don't rarely... like you in person. I like you. Like I know. This. Yeah, no, that's not true. <laughs> you love me, man. But I, I went and got these hoodies done with these shirts and all these hats, and I'm wearing it right. I'm wearing them around, and I'm like, this, this, this stuff looks sick. 
And Andrew, I haven't been able to give him a, a, a hoodie or a hat or anything because I haven't seen him in six months. The host of the show can't even get his own gear. Yeah, the and host editor. of the show, the big guy. And producer. And producer. <laughs> what other title you want to put on yourself? Oh, my God. There's a there's a few others, probably. Anyway, well, let me mention this, and this we is have no to, surprise. You're just about to say, do we have to talk hockey? No, we don't have to talk hockey. Well, I want to know what Gio thought about LeBron. Oh, I'm kidding. I talked about kill LeBron yesterday. I don't care about kidding. LeBron. I Moving on. I was, I was kidding. Well, no, you're not kidding because you love talking basketball. You're like this basketball freak right now. I'm not just a, wants to talk I'm not about a big all basketball these. guy. Yeah, thank you. The one thing I did notice is that there was that picture circulating of everyone, you know, him taking his shot, and everyone in the crowd has their phone out recording, taking a picture. Like no one's, no one's present anymore in the freaking in the world like you have to like have documentation that you're there you can't just say you're there like everyone's got their damn cameras out nowadays like their phones well, they need out. to send it like, out just just live just just enjoy just live you weren't there unless you have a tiktok of it geo i know i know that's why that's why i suck at social media i guess i just live in the moment i don't take pictures of it i don't document it i just live it i don't want my social media either i absolutely hate it i hate i hate social media it's but unfortunately here's the thing uh it's a necessary evil right that's the problem because we're all about branding we're all about marketing ourselves we're all about about instant information at your fingertips which we never had when we were younger we just grew up and lived our lives in the moment all the negative shit coming at you one time i mean geez they used to spread that shit out over a week on on the news broadcast or the paper that's right yeah i mean it's no i mean it's Listen, it has its very positive influences on life, but it has very negative influences as well. So it's trying to find that balance. And it's hard, right? Like it's for me, I don't give a shit. I don't pick up my phone. I don't care to open it. I don't do it. But it's the kids, man. Like the kids just living and dying by it. You got to try to teach them that that's not the world that's out there. But they know nothing else. Yeah, they, because this they generation, know yeah. they they know nothing else. And you know, listen, I mean, it's it's the, uh, you know, it, it, as much as we say it's it it's probably one of the worst things that's happened to our society, but it's 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 one of the best. I mean, information, anything you want to know is at your fingertips. It can take less than a minute to get to, um, information on something. So well, it's, uh, I have information for a good conversation that I think would be interesting, and I got it in about thirty seconds. So okay. how about that? Here's to social media. The number one pick in the NBA draft gets $11 million a year. The number one pick in the Major League Baseball 2022 draft got an $8 million signing bonus. The number one pick in the NFL draft is making $9.3 million in his first season. And and the number one pick in the draft this year, Connor Bedard, next season, We'll have a base salary and a signing bonus of 950K over three years. Now, when we did the CBA back in 0506, I was I was in the league one year. So I really didn't have much say, but but I was I I was I was open ears and, and eyes wide open too. And I remember that it was gives a fuck about the young guys, make them earn it. You know, guys were getting like seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollar signing bonuses, million dollar signing bonuses. Yep. And they chopped that down to $950,000 uh, 
salary and 10% of that can be signing bonus. So the most an entry level contract can get is 95 grand for three years. So $285,000. Good math. Yep. And, so, and do you not believe that that's the right thing to do? Like when we were yeah, negotiating, I'm, I'm trying that, to figure out where your what your point is. Well, there's a major this, discrepancy right? like, there. There's a big difference. And I guess in a league that's generating six billion, and Connor Bedard, wherever he goes, is going to sell a a shit ton of jerseys, a shit ton of TV rights. Connor McDavid got his money on a second deal, but out of the gate, are these guys being fairly compensated for what they do in terms of revenues for their teams and their leagues? Early on in their career, like not Connor, not Connor Bedard be getting more. People are writing he should hold out and do what Lindros did and demand more money. Well, that's never going to happen. But shouldn't he get more? I, I mean, listen, he's exceptionally well as a player. There you go, <laughs> buddy. There you exceptionally go. Well, Craig's oh, head he, snapped he, out there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, listen. <sighs> He hasn't proven himself in the best league yet, right? None of it's these project, guys. It's projected. It's it's it probably will happen, but he hasn't done it yet. So come and I think if you're going to adjust it, then you're adjusting the length of your entry level deal. I think you still should come in and earn it and have some type of cap coming in, and then come and play and earn it and 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 feel it and yeah like all sports man like you're either underpaid or overpaid like i don't think many people are spot on right what's the most prosperous professional sport in north america football okay so they they generate how much are we talking? Are you talking overall revenues? HR. I'm talking. What does or football? Make <laughs> it's, a not year? it's not HRR. It's not HRR. It'd be FRR. Like, but in <laughs> in comparison to HRR, are you talking like overall generating revenue or yes? Where I'm talking about leagues. Oh, leagues. Fuck, it's the NFL. I by think it's got to be the NFL. Okay, got to be. So where I'm going with this is, I, I think that we should do our proper homework on this to understand how much money, league wide revenue, the NFL makes the uh, MLB makes and the NBA makes and the NHL make. Once you, once we find that out, we know the we NHL that, is like around five. And we will do billion. that right now because we can't go forward until we find out the facts on league wide revenue. Okay. Well, thank God to do the social media. It only takes a minute, eh, Riff? Okay. So you can look <laughs> that up as I'm, I'm speaking. So when you, when you look at the first pick overall in the NBA, in the NBA draft, the first pick overall, his base salary will be 11 million dollars when you look at the first pick in the major league baseball draft receives an eight million dollar signing bonus and the most prosperous sport in north america okay the number one pick in the nfl draft will make 9.3 million dollars so that's that's less than the nba it's less than the, the NBA generates about 10 billion and football showing 17 and change 17 billion and change. So NBA is what? 10, 10, 17, 17, two is uh football. Okay. And what's major league baseball? 
Looking that up right now, Craig. We'll do your. Why don't you just keep talking? Okay. Thank you. When you look at when you look at hockey um, in the NHL, Gary Bettman just spoke recently about um, the NA, the NHL is going to reach close to six billion dollars in revenue. Ten point so, eight billion for baseball. Ten point eight. So, um, you know, you have you have the NBA and Major League Baseball that are around 10, 10.2. And then you have the NFL that's 17 plus. You have the NHL that's just under um, 6 million or 6 billion. I mean, you look at the salaries and, and, and the infrastructure of how the NHL is working. I think they've done a nice job because I remember being in the meetings back way, way back. Okay. And I don't think that rookies, I don't think that Connor Berdard, even though he is, um, he's going to be a superstar. The NHL is about earning what you're going to receive. And I, I think that it's set up the right way. These kids are going to make, you know, a few million dollars in the, in their first deal. Okay. Their entry level deal, which is probably, um, three years long. And then after that, most of these kids are signing multiple, multiple million, million, millions upon millions. And well, here's here's a, here's something too. The NBA salary cap is one hundred and thirty four million dollars. You know, like the NFL salary cap, I think is like two hundred two hundred and twenty. But they're also trying to sign sixty players or whatever yeah. fifty fifty two right. players, right? And they're also generating a lot more money. But I think another thing that, that's being left out of this, and, and I didn't have a stance on it, I was just bringing the information to the table, is um, that Connor Bedard will have an opportunity to hit A bonuses. Not every player gets A bonus. You know, there's A bonuses, B bonuses. Yeah, he's going to make, yeah, he's going to probably cap, hit all his bonuses. Exactly. And he's going to be making what? Close Two to and $4 half, million. Dollars. Two and a half oh, to three. I'll look, up, I'll look up Owen Power right now. And that'll give you a perfect idea of exactly what, you know, a first overall first overall pick is going to do when he when he maxes max out his bonuses. So, but, but Gio, I like while you're doing that, Riv, I'm going to let Gio talk. Uh, Gio, well, I like what you said though. You you say earn it, and I, I I say earn it too. I just I look at it from the standpoint of. Gives a shit about the young guys. I'm sorry. You haven't done shit. There are guys in this league that have that have been that have been grinding it out for years. Connor Bedard might be great. He might be great in junior. And he might he he will most likely be an NHL superstar. Okay. They have not been very wrong about these guys over the last few years, right? That they've said generational talents. So they've been pretty accurate. So odds are he's going to turn out to be an unbelievable player. He'll make his money. He's going to make his money. He'll probably get a an eight-year, $11, $13 million contract in his second contract if he's performing at the proper rate. That's where you get paid. It's where McDavid got paid, and he got endorsements. Yeah, so I don't I I think go earn it. And at the end of the day, the league is very rarely are players paid for what they're doing now? They're paid for what they've done or they're paid for what they're going to do. Not very 
a small percentage of players in the league are being paid for what they're doing right now, right? Like Sidney Crosby has made what eight, seven for how long? Right. Yeah. Still like, well, he's on a 12 year deal. That's paying him 8.7. Okay. So you can make the argument that he's $4 million underpaid for what he does and what he generates and what he does for the league and the team and, and stuff like that. He should be a $12 million player. Like you can go example after example of guys that are either over or underpaid for what they're what they're doing for their club or for the league. And yeah. so I I don't know that that argument should be taken into effect when you're thinking of Bedard coming in and what he's going to generate to a league. He is he going to move the needle a bit? Yeah. Is he a superstar and could be a superstar? Yeah. But okay. Well, when he ends up in Arizona. He's going to single-handedly build that franchise, get that rink approved, because uh, they'll approve is, it when they win Sydney, the lottery. Is Sidney Crosby being compensated for doing all that? That franchise was bankrupt, moving, going to be walked bankrupt. out. And and he came in and won, what's he won, three cups, two, two cups, whatever it is. Three, and three. So is he getting a percentage of ownership because he saved that? Is he getting a percentage of revenue from yeah, the but city? He, but is listen, he, getting, he gets to he hang out with Mario. He got to live from, with Mario, man. That's a bonus in itself. So is he getting a percentage from the the city for the revenue he's kept in town? The uh, the shit that he's sold around town. Like yeah, yeah. He's, he's not he's not getting paid for what he's done for that organization or the league for that matter. So to give you an idea, hey, if you go argument. back to if you go to if you go back to uh, Jack Hughes, who was drafted first overall in 2019, and then you have Alex Lafreniere that was drafted uh, in t- first overall in 2020. Both those two contracts are identical. Okay, um, they basically their cap hit what they make in a season is nine hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, but they have player bonuses that are 2.85 million which can make them almost 3.8 million dollars. Now, these bonuses are going to be hit. They're 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 bonuses that are put in there that are that are very easy to hit for these 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 players. So, in the 3 years uh of their rookie deal, these guys are making uh 11.3 million dollars. I think that's a lot of money. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with money. that. Yeah. For you know, you got to coming in. You got to understand like a, you know, for an example, like a a football player that's first overall and you know, he's he might play 7 years in 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 the league where hockey players if, you know, they're they're a top player, they could be playing 15, 16, 17 years in the league. So the longevity of of a hockey player is far greater than than some of these other sports is is the way I look at it. And I like the idea. I think I voted on it. I think you voted on it, Gio and, and, and Andrew that, you know, we, we didn't want the rookies in the league to come in and make an ungodly amount of money. If we're talking about revenue sharing with the owners and we're talking about players making their money, we wanted established players, guys like Connor McDavid that are now 20, you know, four years old, to be the guys that are making the money in the league. The guys that were in their prime from the age of 22 to to 30, those are that's where you want your money to be made. Not some 18, 19, 20-year-old kid that's a rookie. 
And I think that's the way the NHL went. I agree with it. Connor Bedard right now, who's been one of the biggest faces of hockey for like well over a year. He's probably the one kid right now that's saying, no, this is bullshit. I'm literally selling more than most NHL players. My name. Well, he's selling is, out junior ranks. And I mean, yes, but it's he not just about junior a, he ranks. He should be getting a cut of that. He's a household name around the North America. It's not, it's not Connor Bedard that's, that's playing in the Western Hockey League and no one knows who he is. I'm going to tell you right now, people know who this kid is all across the United States. Listen. We all I mean, know. I, I don't We've know about that. If I went of, next door yeah. and asked my neighbor if they knew who Connor Bedard was, they're not going to know who Connor Bedard is. Yeah. But I, hockey we, world. We, we all know. We've all been a part of the world. At the end of the day, a player is just an asset for the team. They are not like this whole thing that I don't care who you are. You're replaceable. The game goes on. Like, like. I don't want to say Gretzky was replaceable, but next stars came up and the next generation followed different guys. Like it's, it's, it's ever changing, ever evolving. And at the end of the day, I don't think a kid coming into the league should be able to call his shots when everyone, the CBA is a supposed to be in theory, a partnership between players, teams and league to grow the game and make it the best it can be. Now you need to come into that system and prove that you are a part of helping that along and not coming in demanding that you should be getting paid at the top tier of the league when you haven't come in and done anything yet. You're like, I, I, he, he may be more recognizable than half of the players in the league right now. But you still need to come into the league and prove that you're going to be an ambassador for the league and help grow the game of hockey and and help move the game forward and be a part of something and not selfishly be just looking to take care of yourself. It's for the you know like it we we all know like you're I'm not you're discarded the minute they don't need you anymore. But at the same time, you're part of a bigger group of players and you need to come in and prove that you should be there. At 18 years old, you yep. shouldn't be demanding that you should be a $7 million player because you think you're bringing in. Get your endorsements, make your money there, get your salary, and move on to your next deal. Well, listen, I mean, I want to go in a different direction with this. Um, great topic, too, because I, I, you know, we, we were all through that as players, and we all felt it, and we all made decisions to try and help the league, um, owners and players together. And I think it's the right thing to have these young rookie players that are coming into the league that have to earn their next contract. And that's just the way it is. And you look at a guy like Dylan Cousins, who has um, done just that, you know, he's, he's learned and developed and in year three of his contract, he is starting to flourish as a young man. And I don't think that he's anywhere near where he's going to be. And I'm not even going to, you know, obviously we can get a comment on, on Dylan cousins and his contract geo, but I'm, I'm more, I'm more interested in the direction of what you think Kevin Adams is going to do this year at the deadline 
or, or not even at the deadline. Like right now, they're in the thick of things. You have the Islanders that were behind them a couple games ago. Now they flopped over the Sabres. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins that every everything I read is they're looking and there are in discussions with trades to make their team better for that for that run. And at what point, what do you think Kevin Adams' mindset is? Moving lot forward. A lot, lot in there, Gio. Let's yeah, get a quick let's get a figure. quick comment on the cousins deal and then and then what Craig said. Um listen, the cousins deal. I, I, I like him as a player. I, I think he's a great player. <clears throat> I just Buck coming on? Do I do I hear Oh a god. No, there's no oh but my there's god. no you you were gonna say but there's no but. I heard a buck. All I'm saying is these coming out of entry level deals, the lack of bridge deals now is what is surprising to me. And I think Cousins has done everything right. I think he's a he's a hell of a player. All my point is is that these bridge deals now are are all but lost because you're trying to appease the player that's in your system and keep him happy, engaged, and and feeling good about where he fits in your team. You there's remember? not many, there's not many Lou Lamorellos who sign for a guy or trade for a guy, sign him, and then immediately say that it's for too long and for too much money. Like well, a two-year deal like, for Lou. Your GM is saying that that just traded for you and just signed you to an eight-year deal. Is saying at the end of the day, <laughs> it's it's for too much money and too long of a deal. But that's Lou saying that's the next guy's problem because I'll be long <laughs> gone by the time this thing becomes an issue. So I'll, I'll go back. Good luck with the next Andrew exactly. Ladd. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Sabres legitimately have a chance to make the playoffs. Legitimately, never been are, never been closer. They are than than com- this year in the last decade. Completely in the hunt. You think? Do you think that they're a playoff team though? Like with what they have currently on their team right now, do you think that this is a playoff team? That's loaded, and I know where you want me to go with it. I know you no, want me. No, to, I don't. I don't. Well, I know you want me to trade. I know you want me to trade six guys, Riv. But nope. I'm not no, no, doing no. it. I've, I've said it. I'm going to stick to my thing. And and I think Kevin Adams is going to stick to his plan. He's going to continue to let these young guys prove themselves and push. And this is exactly where you want the team to be. You, you, you sit three points back at Pittsburgh, same amount of games played. Like, Islanders are there, but they're four games you have Islanders on a four-game winning streak, you know I mean? by the way. Four-game winning streak. Which is only three points ahead of them in four games. So you go 50-50 in those four games, and you've passed them. You know what I mean? So theoretically, if you are 500 hockey the next four games for the Sabres, you are a point ahead of the Islanders. But Pittsburgh's going to be a tough team to to catch just because of their experience and, and how long they've been doing it for. Well, maybe the experience is uh, wearing out. They legitimately have a chance to make the playoffs. And I still don't think you make a huge move. 
you may add a piece, you may, you may safeguard yourself. You may bring in something that makes sense, but I don't think you're selling the future. What's a, what's a, what's a huge move. Okay. So like we, we, you know, the Sabres have been, um, linked to Timo Meyer and showing interest, whether that's interest that are, is really interested or whether it's, uh, Kevin Adams kicking tires with Mike Greer saying, Hey, you know, like what, uh, what are your thoughts on here? What, uh, what are you looking for? Is there anything that you like on our team and how does that work? And what about, you know, a guy named, uh, Boone Jenner. Okay. A guy that's been brought up, um, you know, where, where certain- does, Timo Meyer fit into your lineup salary structure moving forward. Not this year, moving forward. I think like, are, are, is, are you prepared? Are you prepared to pay Timo Meyer more than than Tage Thompson? Because clearly that's the that's the height. Because Dylan Cousins is making forty two grand a year less than give or take a few bucks. I, I mean, somewhere around there than than Cousins uh, Tage. Power coming up. Like you got guys that are still coming up. Like you just cousins deal will kick in. Thompson deal will kick in. Uh Tuck's you might making have a Timo Meyer in like, JJ Paterka. You might have a Timo like, Meyer. You're gonna in Jack have to Quinn. pay a, you're gonna have to pay a goalie. Like this is part the of Sabres like, can't trade for Meyer. Seems, they can't he do seems it. Seems super sexy and you want it and you it it it's a big move and you say, Yeah, we're we're going for it. We're looking to make the playoffs. And then in six months, you're like, holy shit, these other deals are kicking in, and now i got to pay some other guys. And now i got to build a team around those guys. And I just completely ruined everything that I've done for the last three years in one move. So for an example, I've myself. Let's put it that way. Let me ask you this. So uh, let's let's just say that we're going to throw uh, Timo Meyer on on the back burner for now because the the cost of getting him signed to a long term contract is going to cost you too much. And I read something I read something the other day, um, and it basically stated that uh, Brock Besser was going to be moved in the in the next coming days. Okay, and it's it also said that. Sabres are the favorite. This is Brock Besser. This is a guy who makes $6.625 million a year. I think he has uh, this year and two, maybe even, I think two more years. Is that too much money? Is that stretching? No, that that can happen because in in a situation like that, and even a Meyer, right? Like it can happen under certain circumstances. Money's got to be going out the door right? Your someone is going to have to get moved. So you get a, your, your buddy, you, you trade your buddy that you want. What's he making? Four and a half, four. Who's my buddy? Buddy. Come on. It's been two years. You've been trying to trade him. Olson. Yes. So how much is he at? Four and a half? 4.75, I think. So you move that out and now you, you've really taken on 2 million in salary. You know what I mean? For a Besser, say that happens. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that's the move to make. What I'm saying is, but that, that, does that make that, your team better? It, it quite possibly could. You know, Victor Olofsson scoring goals. Brock Besser is a goal scorer. So does that make your team better? Like, I don't know if it does, but you've just taken on two million dollars salary. Like the, the 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 Sabers have a lot of money. 
Okay. Now I know the salary structure is going to change in a year from now and two years from now, because you're going to have to re up. Um, I know empower, you're going to have to, uh, sign an extension for Darlene. Um, you know, the salary structure for, um, cousins, Thompson and Matias Samuelson will kick in next year. I still think that there's money that needs to go into the team. Well, you, you, and, you do need to, but you have what? to be careful where you put that money. Like you're going to need a goalie. Are you not like the goalie situation is not what it is going to be in two years from now. You're going to need to invest up, in a goalie. Why are you bringing up Boone Jenner? Is he available? I think he is available right now. Why do you think he's available? I'm, and the reason there's a reason why I'm pressing this issue. Why do you think he's available? Um, I think that Boone Jenner understands that he's in a situation where he's going to be in an environment that is not going to be successful for s- quite some time. I think he that is exactly, the organi- exactly, exactly what this team needs. Left winger with Dylan Cousins for the he has four years left on his deal. Three point no, seven no, no, no. five. Not a left winger for Dylan Cousins. He's going to be your third, third line, line center. That is going to be an is incredibly. He going to be okay with that playing third line center? I think if he absolutely. goes, absolutely. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's twenty nine years old, turning thirty. He is uh, a player that has been successful. Uh, how much are third? Li- how much would a third line centerman get here? Just out of curiosity, ice what do you time. Mean get? Ice time. I mean, some days, some days, Kyla Poso is getting 17 minutes. Craig, ice you don't have to yell at me. I'm just asking because maybe that's the selling point. Like Don Gurner, I was like, we roll. You're going to play 15, 16 minutes. I mean, if he's going to get 15 minutes a night, that's a that's good. But if he's going to get 12, then I don't think you want three minutes a night is a lot. Trust me. I, I think know. Boone Jenner is going to be one of the top <laughs> penalty killers on the team. Okay. That's all Greg got was three minutes a night. So he knows how, how much that's all I got. That's what I would say. That's all That's I That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. I thought, yeah. That went right over Riv's head. Yeah. He Well, he was so entrenched in his point. He was. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't sorry. Mean to throw you off. Back at it. I, I think Boone Jenner, when you look at what he does, he is a really, really good third line center. He adds leadership. He's the captain of the, of, of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He plays the game the right way. Okay. He's honest. He's physical. He's hard. He can produce a little bit of offense. Like right now he's in 40 games with Columbus. He's been hurt for a little bit. He has 14 goals and 26 points. That's on pace for 25 and 50. So I've said it before and I'll, I'll continue to say it. You also have to take into consideration the makeup of your room and the like you you can't mess with the vibe of the room if it's going really good to bring in an outsider and not know where they're going to fit it into it just to take a stab at something listen i'm not taking a stab at something man the guys in the room calculated you have to be calculated okay what you do that's all you've been on all these teams I don't understand why you're sitting there being so defensive on this shit because you're the one that sat in the dressing room like every other goddamn hockey player and sat there and watched the news as you were stretching and taping a stick and watching fucking Bo Horvat score I, uh, on, on the Islanders who, 
who is in competition with Buffalo. And guess what? You know what the guys in the team are sitting there thinking? Yeah, we're a good hockey team. I love the vibe that we have, but we need something more to give us a little push, to put us over the edge, because everybody else is doing that. Lou Lamorello sitting there going, you know what? I got a pretty good team here. I just need a little insertion into our lineup and goes and gets Bo Horvat. Just a little insertion, right? And then you have Pittsburgh that's sitting there saying, Pittsburgh's like, you know what? We got a pretty good team. We got a pretty good team. We have the veteran leadership. We got this, but we just need a little bit more. So we're going to go out and get that. And everybody else is doing the same thing, but the old Buffalo Sabres are going to sit there and go, we really like the environment here. And all the guys are really super happy when we come to the rank. Bullshit. These kids want to win. I don't care if they're kids. I don't care if they're mid-level or I don't care if they're a Caliposo. They're sitting there saying, Kevin, help us out here. What, Give us what, a little something. What did you, you get the reaction what, you wanted, Gio? Yes, I did. <laughs> what do you think that they're in that room? What are they asking for right now? Leadership. They're asking for leadership. They're asking for leadership. I don't think they're asking for leadership. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I don't think are. they're asking for leadership. They're asking. Give me for something a, more than that. They're not asking for fucking leadership. They are asking for leadership because they're fucking three guys that are on the team that are like uh, Kyle Poso's 34 and then Gergensen's what, 30? Then after that, what do they got? Are you are you telling me that Sidney Crosby... Are, are we and, sitting there and, fucking telling me that uh, Rasmus Dallin at 22 is the fucking leader of the team now? And, maybe. And, and maybe. Bullshit. You're telling me Sidney Crosby and McDavid weren't leaders on their team at 22 years old? No. You want to know fucking why? Because they had Bill Guerin, who was a frigging captain, and they had Sergey Gonchar, and they had Mark Recchi. And do you want me to keep going? Sidney Crosby was Gary just Roberts. a kid that was. Oh, here we go. We could fucking <laughs> Sorry, name Gio. ten more. Sorry, Gio. I, to, I mean, if you're going to have no fucking leader, idea you're... what you're talking about, and I'm surprised you of all people, unless you're really trying to fucking piss me off here, <laughs> which you have, that these guys on Buffalo understand exactly where they're at. They're, I'm looking at their statistics right now. In the last 10 games, they're 6-2-2. Two, and two. They've been one of the better teams in the league. They've made a massive push. They have a number one line that they have not had in over a decade in Skinner, Thompson, and Tuck. Okay? They have Owen Power. They have Matias Samuelson. They have Rasmus Dahlin, who is literally a Norris Trophy candidate right now. They have everything that they need ingredients-wide. I told you this. I told Petey this. Petey, how many times I said this in the last three weeks that we are not going to win here in Buffalo. We are not going to make the playoffs with just our top line. We are not going to win with just Tage Thompson scoring goals and Alex Tuck. You need your second and you need your third and you need your fourth line to help you win games. And right now we've got cousins that's playing with two rookie players. That's a 20 and 21 year old where I haven't fucking seen those guys in literally over a month. And we're depending on them. We want them to play. Well, let's allow them to play. Let's allow them to work through it. But on the next line, we need a guy like Boone Jenner. We need a guy like maybe Tyler Bertuzzi. You need a guy like to insert a Brock Besser, who is more of a veteran guy, who who is understanding of the, the, the situation. They need leadership, man. This is the youngest team in the league, Gio. The fuck you mean they don't need leadership? The, the last 32 games of the season is going to be, so, you need leadership. Listen, okay. listen. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, this no, 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 a, no. I haven't seen this, Craig, in three months. And you know 
I've said all along, you need to surround these players with veteran, veteran guys. So you exactly did. You did exactly what I was looking for you to do. I agree with you hundred percent. All I'm saying is you just need to be calculated with who the move is. And that's all I meant. But I agree with you 100% that that's Kev- what this And Kevin Adams is. is a calculated man. He does not so, make Craig, rash decisions or emotional decisions. He really thinks them out. And I and I think we all believe in what Kevin is doing here and, and the people that he has around him to make the right decisions. He's not going to go out and make a, a stupid decision and, 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 and rental player, some guy and give up a first round draft pick. They're not in that position. And that's not the way they do things here. I'm talking about making a move that could possibly spark this team to say, Holy shit, man, this guy really, really believes in us. And it could be something. And it just like you said, Gio, Bringing something into a very good environment is hard to do sometimes, okay? So you need to make sure that the right guy you have coming in is a special guy, okay? That's why I think I Boone, just... Jenner, Boone Jenner would be that guy. He, you know, I, I, that's why I would – listen, Brock Besser's a great hockey player. I don't know what's going on with Brock Besser's game right now, um, but all I know is that I would – I would if I had to choose between the two, uh, part of it is – what this team needs. With what this team needs, absolutely be taking Boone Jenner. Absolutely. Um, Craig, before we before I, I, I think Craig, you owe Gio an apology. Not that he needs one or wants one, but I think you owe him one. Well, I don't him. need an apology. I just I know you don't need one, Gio, but I I expect one after the way you spoke to our purple eagle over here. Okay. Well, you know that that's you not know what this happen. means. Because you know mean, the Geo, does, Geo does right now, you, now these players you, you want me to go and with the purple eagles can speak to Geo this way. I have some fucking respect. Guy's got a cup and a thousand games. I don't give a shit what he has. He's gonna be buying me lunch later today. That's all I know. <laughs> I owe him a lunch. He bought the last time. Fucker. Shortest arms I've ever seen him. Oh my! Life. Don't the bill, even. The bill comes down, Petey. We're both looking at it. We're both it's looking at it. I'm like, and shit. then all of a sudden, the big guy, the big who guy, asked, had to come in who and scoop up for lunch. Craig Rive. Obviously, Jackson. like, listen. I mean, if Gio you say, super, "Let's go to lunch," then pick up the fucking bill. But I know I'm paying. It's like, like <laughs> my brother pulls that shit all the time. Oh, you want to go to lunch? Oh yeah, you want me to buy you lunch? Sure, let's go. We'll do it. We did have a good lunch though. Yeah, we did. We? Yeah, we did. it was awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. All right. Well, good stuff. So, so Geo, in summary. Cousins, I, I, con- Cousins' contract look good for you. Good, Sabres yeah. I don't, I don't two think centers locked up for fourteen million, a little bit over fourteen million. Yeah, and and as it grows out in the length of these deals, I think they're going to be very good deals. I was just making the point earlier about the fact that the bridge deal has has seemed to no longer be a thing. You know, it, it's. Well, it's I, you know like what I think too, it's Gio? almost like the mid-level guy now is your bridge guy and your top guys are just going right to Well, I have a the- I have a little bit of a theory on that that maybe I just in the conversations we've had today that maybe might make some sense. And that is, you know, like take Darlene for instance, right? Like I'm sure in theory the Sabres probably realized he could get to this point, right? So could they have signed him to an eight-year deal for 8.5, which would have been very worth it now, today, even if he's making 8.5? Uh, 
but instead he's on a $6 million bridge deal. Still a hefty cap hit for the team, but just kind of like an in-between contract till you find out what he's really worth. You know, then they explode to the next contract. So it's almost like, do you want Dylan Cousins on a, I'm I'm with you. I would much rather see Dylan Cousins earn a $10 million contract. And I'm not saying he'd be a $10 million player, but who knows where the cap's at when he comes up on that deal and everything. Would you want him on a six or a six and a half million dollar bridge deal and then have to pay him eight and a half? Or do you want to just get him now? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what they're doing. They're trying to lock in their cost. They're like, keeping that cap hit biz- low for like a year, business. four, five, six on this deal, seven on this deal, right? Instead of instead of the bridge deal, what 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 is hard about the bridge deal is you're you're in that situation two or three years later, right? You're where you you don't know where it's gone to. It could explode. So what the GMs do by bypassing the bridge deal is they lock in their costs. It's it's no different than any other business that operates is they want to be predictable in what is going out the door and the cost and where they sit. And now they can adjust and plan around their fixed output, you know? So that, that's what they're doing. That That's exactly what it is. Uh, and sometimes it works out great and other times it, it bites you, but that's why you're I, seeing I, the trend. I, I understand why you're seeing the trend. I'm just making note that the what guy, is it deserving? Like it, it, describe to me, Gio, what you think in this league, of a guy who makes $7 million, what, what kind, what is, what, um, what is he going to have to do? So we look at that and say, you know what? He had a good season and you know, it wasn't his best season, but he still totally deserved that 7 million. Like what are the numbers that go along with a $7 million player? I don't, I don't think you can strictly put it on numbers. You have okay. to put it on the structure of your team and where you fall within your team structure, right? Like your $7 million guy in Buffalo might be different than your $7 million guy in Vancouver or LA or. Well, let's just say this Dylan cousins has a lot less pressure on him. uh, Statistically than Tage Thompson does a hundred percent. And they're only making $40,000 difference. So what I'm going to say is if I were to tell you that next year, Dylan Cousins scored 20 goals and had 30 assists for 50 points and was a really good um, uh, centerman that killed penalties, play some power play, and just had an overall real good season. Had w- had some physicality to his game. Would you be Would you be yeah. okay with that yes, fifty I, point yes, season? Yes, I would, because it's not so, just about the number. Okay, and and I think that when you look at intangibles for for certain players, I think Dylan Cousins. Many of us, okay, I've heard of many media people and people that are around. Um, the team, they really see leadership qualities in this young man. Okay. Just turned 22, uh, just recently, right. Just a couple of days ago, I think it was, yeah. um, but they see leadership qualities, um, uh, an, an individual Actually, that you today, want. Today's his birthday. Is it really? Yeah. Um, and he sees those leadership qualities, um, uh, that, that are going to be around the environment also putting up a 20 goal season, also putting up 50 points and being a guy that plays a little power play penalty kills. You're looking at that going, I think Dylan cousin can do that in his sleep. He's 21 years old right now. And he's got 43 points, 17 goals. And he's only, he's still got 32 games left to go. 
we just spoke about what we thought would be a good solid season for a, for a $7 million guy. I think Dylan cousins has a point, a game player put beside his name along with the D the intangibles that we talked about leadership, size, strength, power play, penalty kill. Um, well, and that's what the organization sees too. It's a no brainer that- contract, man. There's, and, and, I, I under- and that's why I don't like Kyle Ocposo's number. Like if you take the number based on the number of points he has, it doesn't add up. But for what this team needs now, I'm have no problem with that contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it heavy? Is it is it drag some stuff down on, on the other end of other players? Maybe. But what he's able to bring to this group right now, it's not just about points all the time. And so clearly the organization feels the same way about Cousins that even if he's a 50-point guy, a 60-point guy, they're yep. okay with a $7 million cap hit because of what he is in that room. And that's what we don't know. As a like no one outside of that room understands that. Sabres back at it on Saturday. This is our last show for the week. So they're back at it Saturday. They have Calgary at home, and then they're on on a bit of a road swing. They have not a bit of one. They are heading out to L.A. Monday, then Anaheim Wednesday, San Jose Saturday. So not an easy trip after, you know, one game back. I'm glad they have that one home game. Then they hit the road. But that's going to be difficult just based on timing and schedule, but three winnable games based on the way the team is playing. So you're 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 not going to. You got 32 games left. None of them are going to be easy. Like this is this is the time that every game is going to be hard because you're either playing teams that are in the hunt or you're playing teams that have nothing to lose. And those are sometimes the hardest games to play. So this is a true gut check for this team. 32 so you want to hear what you want to hear do? their schedule for the rest of the month? This is they have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. In in the rest in the remainder of February in nine games in seventeen days, okay. Uh, starts Calgary home, L.A., Anaheim, Boston, all on the road. Home to Toronto two days after they get back from San Jose, and then they're on the road again at Tampa in Florida on the twenty third, twenty fourth. Home the twenty sixth to Washington. It's a massive four point game there. And then you have Columbus at the end, the last day of the month uh, on the 28th at home. I just look at every single one of those games right now, and they're all winnable. Every single one of them. The Sabres have shown this year that when they play their game, they can beat any team in the league. I don't care who it is right now, but here's the thing. You know what else they've shown? They can also lose to the worst teams in the league. So it's not about who you're playing, whether, and, and looking at the standings of where they're at. It's about these guys being consistent each and every night, sticking to the details of what their system is for with Don Granato and going out and performing and understanding that every single shift, every single game means something. And that'll take them hopefully into, into uh, the playoffs and it's not going to be easy. No. And and that's what happens, right? Like you've been able to play 50 games with, I don't want to say not much pressure, but not much pressure, not much expectation. But now you've fought yourself within striking range of a playoff. And now that game on a random, I don't know what, what day of the week is that Washington game, you know, like that random game now becomes 
a playoff game and you have to be able to rise to that occasion down the stretch here and be able Florida to game is a playoff game. That Florida games, they're, they're battling too. Yeah. Florida's right behind Buffalo. Like it's know, interesting when you look at the two, the two conferences, you know, the, the, the West is, 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 you know, you, you have um, teams that are vying for the top end spots, like divisional uh, seats. Um, and you have Calgary. That's the one seat that's out of the wild card that's pushing. When you look at the East, the Metro is already locked up the three teams. Okay. The Atlantic is already locked up. And then when you look at the wild card, you have Washington, Pitt, the Islanders, Buffalo, and Florida that are all pushing for two spots. You have five teams that are all pushing for two spots. And it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a really tough um, uh, situation the rest of the year. But the Sabres have put themselves in a favorable position to start this push to the end, this 32 push. They have games in hand that they need to take advantage of. They have Calgary coming in on Saturday. Okay. Calgary. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Calgary has already played against the Rangers on Monday. They play again tonight against Detroit, and then they will play their third game after the all-star break against, against the Buffalo Sabres. And I ask you guys, would you rather be playing two games before and then playing your third? Or would you rather be the Sabres that have had all of this time to heal up, make sure you're ready to rock and roll? Um, with that comes the the flip side of that argument. And it's been a debate for years. It's been a debate in playoffs. It's been a debate regular season rest versus versus staying in the in the game, right? The risk of having this time off is you come out, yeah, you're rested, but you're 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 not sharp. You're you're not at your game. You're not at that level anymore. You you go from just grinding through and 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 being in it, and then have this little bit of break that you're like, oh shit. Well, you know what? That rest with that rest comes extra soreness, or it comes into like, holy shit, I'm starting to feel stuff that I wasn't feeling before when we were ju- just in the moment. And so I think if you look at their schedule coming up this next week, coming out of this long break, being on the road, I think in that four-game stretch, if you're 500, you're happy with it, and then you just push from there to then adjust. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yep. think – you don't want to be one in, one in three in this next four games. You want to you wanna be 500 coming out of this break in the next four games, and I think that is a successful – it's a win coming out of a long break, and now you've set yourself up to really take advantage of your rest that you just had. But you you don't want to go one and three or zero and four in that. And now all of a sudden, just like that, that rest has become not a weapon; it's become a detriment to you. Gio, yeah. how many All Star games did you play in? Zero. Really? Yeah. You scored forty eight goals one year, and you didn't get called to the All Star game. Uh, Olympic year. That was the Olympic year. Okay. All right. Would you have wanted to go? Uh, yeah, I would have definitely wanted to go. I I think, I think you, you, you'd want to go. 
the guys that go every year, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be that guy. But, you know, I think to go and experience it 100%. See, that's the problem. You're the problem. That mindset right there is the problem with the All-Star game, Gio. No, the problem with the All-Star game is not my mindset. The problem no. with the All-Star game is it's what your they, mindset that you trickled into those younger generations of players. Is what they is what they do with it. That All-Star game is a joke and so it's a waste of my damn time to go oh, there. Come on, come on. So support, that is the mindset. Support the NHL. I thought they did a good job with the the splash dunk tank. Yeah. Uh, uh... Dude, they should do take a page out of NFL's book. Like, do dodgeball, do something like that. Oh, they should have cup. honestly like a like a beer chugging contest and all that stuff. I, I'm not even kidding you when I say that. Yeah, no, but that's, get a that's guy exactly chugging. what they need. You need yeah. sponsored you need to by do something off the wall. By some beer company. Not what just, they're not what they're doing. What they're get doing. Get Pat is Maroon not up there against you know big uh, who's the Brent Burns and you get the two of them just. Just you know, mucking the, down does, a big does, head, head's awesome. a guy who's a recovering alcoholic that you're going to sit there and say that you want <laughs> these young guys to be put in a situation to be chugging hey, beers. Hey, at an you know game. me, man. I'm not about labels. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just quit drinking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the guy. Right, some so slack. I, why you got to put a, a label? Why you got to put a label on everything, Craig? <laughs> I got, I got a serious question. Who, like Toronto, has the next All-Star game, correct? So who decides the event? Toronto? Or does the league, in collaboration with Toronto, like, can Toronto go off and do whatever the fuck they want? Or does the no, league control the I event? I think the league controls everything. Everything. They you better know, make the it league, good. The league controls everything. They're going to, you know, there's going to be, well, you know, they gotta, who can they make the, the best the snowman and... You know, At the trade deadline here, the league needs overhauling for the all-star fucking group. You but you expecting any deals at the deadline? Is Pat Kane gonna get moved, guys? Or are we just is this all just I think he's gonna get moved. I I, I don't know. It's and, gotta be the right spot, I'll tell you that. He's not just going to a team that is gonna say, Did you hey, see that want... Rangers? Rangers, him in New York. Do you see that happening? Um, <laughs> it would be, it, he would be a good fit there. I mean, I think that, uh, they, they have a nice, um, they have, they have a nice fit on their team. I, I really like their defense. I really like their defense. I like their goaltending. I mean, Shesterkin is, is, is world-class. They have elite upper end talent game breakers like guys like Adam Fox and guys like Atemi Panarin and Zabanajad. They've got, you know, Kreider, Troy Chuck, you know, uh Philip Hedel right now is just playing lights out, but they're lit they're missing that that next level of I can put this game on my back type player. And I'm just not sure that Kapokaku um, Alex Lafreniere, guys like that are the guys to do it. Now they have guys like uh, Barkley Goudreau and players along that nature that play a heavier game. I think he would be a really, really good fit in 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 New York. They Let have a really good something. Team. What about? Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into like breaking it down, but couldn't you see him in Pittsburgh? 
Yeah, I mean, I think if he's going, he's he's going to want a legit team to go to. Uh, do you? Th- I don't know where his mindset is. Does he want to just be a a Chicago Blackhawk? Is that in this? Like he's been there from the start. Does he just want to? Don't they have to try to get something for him? Like the, I mean, this franchise is going to be going through a rebuild. You already got shit for you. Got fucking three cups from him. Do you really need a draft pick on top of it? You know, That's... it's still like you still need a face of that team, a face face of that franchise. Does that Do go? They? Does that? I don't know. What, but I'm saying, does that go further than one piece in that rebuild? I don't. I'm just. Throwing an argument on No, there. it's 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 listen, Gio, those are that's a thought I never would have thought of. I mean, I just I never would have been able to say, well, they already got something from him. They got three cups. I'm think I'm more of the thought of he's leaving at the end of the year, maybe, 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 right? I mean, we don't yeah, know. Maybe that's he what does I'm want to be a black hawk. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see a player. I don't number one, I don't see him retiring. No, and I don't see him wanting to to play on the Hawks for the next couple of years because they're probably not going to be very good. So, or are they? Or are they going to be pretty good? I don't know. I mean, it it's a very uh, it's a very interesting scenario. And I, why wouldn't he want to change of scenery? Yeah, he's got the three cups, but at the same time, you think about the shitstorm Chicago's been through the last few years, last couple of years, especially yeah. with all that stuff while he was there too. I mean, he might, you know, I'm sure John Taves is probably in the same mindset, but the other thing I think he just goes back to is, you know, respect factor. Okay. Of, of Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. I'm sure they're being asked by Chicago to say, listen, what, if, if we can move you, would you, would you move? Because they ultimately have the say they have the ultimate no movement clause. Right. Um, I, I, I kind of get the impression that Patrick Kane is just really, really happy with where he's at and going to finish the season off in Chicago and then reevaluate, you know, what the future holds. But I don't think he wants to be that guy that wants to travel, be in a hotel for the next three months and put a playoff push and all this kind of stuff, unless it's a perfect situation. Right. And I don't know where that perfect situation is. I don't know where there's going to be a team that is going to be able to take on a ten and a half million dollar salary. It's not um, though. They'll pick up half the cap hit, and it's only six point. I think he's only making six nine. So it's, it's not about it, the money. It's not about the, the money. money's irrelevant. The cap, so the cap hit's going to be it's, it's going to be five and be, five and a quarter million. Be half the cap hit because they would take half of the of the cap. Yes. Um, they can carry okay. up to fifty percent. So it's still you're to, still you're still trying to insert five. Yeah, and and, and, 5. and that's where million. that's where you're going to get money back, and that's where you're going to get a higher draft pick, or maybe even another second yeah. rounder, because you're going to take on a bad two year contract that's yeah. worth maybe four and a half or five million bucks, whatever team that is. Yeah. You know? So and that or, goes back you, to the discussion of these teams that are making ultimate playoff pushes because they feel their team has a chance to win the Stanley cup. So what they do is they go out and they give first round draft picks away. Okay. I'm going to get Patrick Kane. I'm going to give a first round draft pick because we have a chance to win. And all of a sudden you don't win. Patrick Kane leaves. And now you're sitting there going, Holy shit. We just sold a lot of the future um, to try and win. And I just don't know that for years. Where they've had the yeah, first Bo- round picks Boston's, go out the door. 
and they wh- what do they have in their system that's come along and and helped them? They've had Nothing. to go they've had yeah. to go elsewhere because of them going for it every year, having a good team and saying. But why are they allowed to do that, Gio? Because they're Boston and people want to go there. Well, that's one, but that's not the reason why they're in the situation that they can do what they do is because they have elite, elite talent that are grossly, and I mean grossly underpaid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. So, so Boston's been allowed to do that for years, and you know, there's no team in the league that has like a guy who's won freaking fifty Selkie trophies, who's an unbelievable player in Bergeron, who's making six point eight million, where other players that are like him that are making 10, 10 or 11. Yeah. 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 No, no doubt. No doubt. What I, the point I was making is that they've really within the, or they they've stifled themselves with their homegrown talent because they've, they've had to trade those high draft picks away year uh, after year to go for it. On a hockey note at approximately 6 PM Eastern time on Wednesday, February 8th in Detroit, Michigan, while riding a scooter on his way to dinner, Flames defenseman Rasmus Anderson was struck by a vehicle. Jeez. Anderson was taken to the local hospital for a full battery of tests before being released last night. Anderson is doing well and will remain with the team. He's listed as day-to-day. So here's my question. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing on a scooter? On, he was at the-, the All-Star game chugging beers. What the what? Yeah, th- those are those rental scooters that you get in every city that you just oh okay. The, I, have you seen those? I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen them. But like, they're you throw your car down and unlock. Yeah, and it's boom, like and you, you know, it's like bummer. those those bikes. You can get the bike, the rental. They and then you just leave them at whatever corner you want, and then the next person grabs them. You know, that's what that is. He was just whether this just would, reminds me of a night I. I I remember, and I saw this guy back here from Miller Night. I'm not going to say who it was. I played with a guy who at four in the morning on Chippewa Street paid a homeless guy a hundred bucks to go do donuts in the middle of his street with his bike. <laughs> Gave a homeless guy a $100 crisp bill just to go do donuts in the middle of the intersection on Chippewa Street. So you said you were there? I was there. And you know who did it? I, yes, I couldn't believe it. I bet it. you I, was, I could name it in I three picks. I was laughing my ass off. I I could not believe it. Yeah. I bet then you I, I could name the, the guy, guy in 10 three bucks picks. And he goes, no, the price is 100 I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. You, <laughs> you want to guess? Yes. I'll give you three guess, guesses, and then I'm hanging up. Gio, anything to mention before I, we get out of here? No, I'm good. Did I play him? Play with him? That's not the. That's, I just this want, is not. This is I not thought, information gathering. Yeah, like you got three guesses. Yeah, yeah but Gio, I, I'm I, sorry. I, I thought I, I heard you the... say, "Can I guess?" Not, "Can I get some hints?" <laughs> Petey, you Old have friend? to. You have like, to grant me one. <laughs> that wasn't part of the rule. If you get it, Geo's by. What, what year was it? Do you go with that? Is that okay? Information you get a year. I'll give you the year. Okay. 2005, 2006. Oh, boy. So we didn't play with them. Um, You'll never guess. You get three guesses. That doesn't mean you didn't play with them. You just didn't. That's right. That's the year. That's thank you, That's the year that it happened. Thank you, Jim. He was on the roster. It doesn't mean he didn't play with them. A lot of guys were still here back then, Craig. 
Derek Roy. I remember when it was. No, I remember when it was. It was after we lost out to Ottawa. The whole team went out. We were out till like seven in the morning. Someone stayed up open for us. And we were in the we were in the middle of moving locations and we were standing outside of this bar and um there was a homeless guy and this guy said i'll give you a hundred bucks if you let me ride your bike just for a minute and he goes i promise i'll come back <laughs> that's what he said jim Connolly. nope oh, oh come two. on you're on your final lifeline i'm looking through his team i i have a toss-up i'll give you one, one phone a friend or or ask a I'll give you one hint if you want to pay for it. You have to buy a Geo lunch today, though. JP Dumont. Oh, my God. Those That's guaranteed the guys. Okay, what do you got? Uh, well, here are the characters that you left off that would have done that. <laughs> Andrew like Peters. <laughs> Andrew Peters. Yep. Although I would have been fresh out of cash at that point. <laughs> so, the hundred dollar bill going the other way was just I would have had like what talking about. You would have been fresh out of cash. Twelve twelve singles left in my pocket. <laughs> okay. Um here are the, the in no particular order. Maxima Finneganoff. Alesh Kodalik. Thomas Vanek. I'm definitely he would do that. Jay McKee. Definitely he would have definitely done that. That was the guy that I was thinking of, man. Taylor Pyatt. No, Pyatt. No, no maybe no. Maybe not. No, Never. maybe not. No. I'll no. check that off the list. It's definitely not him. Yeah. Uh that's it. Those are the only guys other than the guys that you mentioned who were very I say good. Jay, guesses Jay McKee. Just by PD's reaction on video. Yeah. <laughs> he, gave, he gave a tell. He gave a tell. I swear on my son's life, it was not Jay McKee. And I would, I'm, I'm happy to oh, sewer Jay McKee anytime man. I can. Okay. I thought I saw the tell in you. No, no. Cause it's just cause I could totally just picture Jay doing that more than anybody else. And you got a lot of pranksters though on this, on this group. I mean, Max Afinaganoff is a hundred percent thousand guarantee that he would have done something like that. Tim Connolly is guaranteed. Vanek. Timmy Roy. might have given the guy 500 though. That's the only difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, JP Dumont too. Like he, he liked to have fun and joke around. So anyway, doesn't matter. We don't need to know, but uh, go ahead and tell us. It was. Da, 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 da. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve52, at The Instigator76. You can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.